Welcome back to Couples Talk, where our mission is to change people's lives. My name is Steve, and I'm here with Connie. Hello. And tonight, we're going to continue on a subject that we started in our last podcast uh, surrounding a topic called anger. Um, This is a very important element in relationships, as I think many people can identify with. Um, It's a raw human emotion that comes up and it can be very disruptive um, and there are ways to manage it. So let's kind of jump into it. Um, Connie, you asked me a question at the end of the last podcast around how did I deal with anger? Yes. And well, how did you deal with the anger that was brought up for you when yeah. you uh, didn't really get what you wanted? Yeah, and, you know, specifically at the end of a relationship, divorce, you can't help but be disappointed and angry with yourself, with the situation in the past, driving in a rear view, with a rear view mirror, and just really, really being quite, um, uh, I don't know what the word is, um, vigilant about wanting to do something uh <laughs> non-productive <laughs> and just you sort of stew in your own juices about the situation uh, so in, in a word it's anger and you're angry with a lot of things and it comes out so in my case i think this, this would be advice for other people is you get to a point where you figure out that forgiving yourself and forgiving the whole situation that occurred up to that point is the way to diffuse anger and for me, that's what I did. It, it was a process. It took me about two and a half years uh, after the second divorce. Um, so for me, that was how I diffused it. Yeah, when I think of the word anger, I um, I know for me, the first way I've ever displayed anger was actually inward. I um, really became quite depressed without even knowing I was depressed. And it really wasn't until I probably had my first few drinks that I felt an unbelievable feeling of freedom. I was about 14 years old and I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing. And I just had a smile that I thought would be on my face forever. I even had a girlfriend of mine ask me, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, And I actually chased that same, what I call freedom back then. I chased that same feeling of freedom probably for another eight or nine years until I, um, until that same band-aid of alcohol turned on me. But it wasn't until many years later that, um, one of the, the reasons why I didn't want to feel my anger was because underneath it, there was so much pain, so much pain. And for me, unlike most um, or a lot of people I've talked to, men or women, a lot of them kind of are very comfortable being angry. I wasn't. I was a lot more comfortable being um, acting in versus acting out. I do remember um, part of my healing journey, you know, it's a very typical thing to get angry with your parents or upset. And luckily mine were 3,000 miles away when I was going through my early years in therapy. And I remember like really struggling 
um, being angry at my dad because I just, I needed some perfect parent. I needed, mm. you know, my mom was easy to be angry with, but my dad, um, I don't know, I just think I held him on a pedestal and I'll never forget the day I was actually in therapy. It was a Wednesday and I got angry about my dad and I got a phone call that evening saying that he was in the back of an ambulance on the way to the hospital. I think that shut me down for another two or three years. I mean, yeah. there was absolutely no way I was responsible for that. Um, he had some kind of a, a, a chest issue. But I remember, oh my God, it's because I got angry. I mean, it was so ridiculous. But it was a good excuse not to, to feel that again. And eventually I learned that, um, you know, by feeling the pain underneath it, it, it really is a kind of a nice antidote for the freedom. Um, and that I didn't have to walk around angry and hurting other people. Like, hurt people hurt others. Mm. Intentionally or not, they just do. And I yeah. never, I knew what it was like to feel hurt. And I, and I know I've hurt people um, in on my, my journey for sure. And hopefully I've met amends to the ones that are important to me. But um, it's just not the way I want to be today. I, I think it's such a waste of freaking energy it to really be angry. Is. It really is. You know, for me, in my profession, um, I used it as a tool. You know, honestly, I didn't give a shit what anybody felt about anything. Well, sometimes I think you have to use that because that's the only language that some people understand, especially in your profession. Yeah, and for a long time I used it at the expense of other people, not... <laughs> Not because I wanted to, but, you know, for me, the, the, if there was an, object, uh, excuse me, an objective to accomplish, well, then it got accomplished. And it didn't really matter, you know, what sort of bodies were in the way or, um, you know, what feelings were involved. I mean, we weren't in a business that included feelings. We were in a business of get it done. Um, almost a militaristic type way of doing things now we're talking you know 1980s and 90s and the heyday of the um you know route 128 in the boston area and silicon valley was coming into vogue and everything was just super fast and super oriented toward growth and seizing opportunities and just going out there and, and grabbing those opportunities at almost whatever cost that's just the way the industry the electronics industry that i've been attached to for a long time now uh grew up mm -hmm. and it was very ruthless and very fast and it was truly a dog eat dog um the strongest survive kind of thing. And would you apply that same strategy when you weren't at work? Yes, and that's the problem. It bled over. That that way of solving problems and getting things done, and I got them done. I had a really successful track record for a long time. But it dawned on me in a couple of situations when somebody got truly hurt by the methodologies um, that I applied, and I just... I. I sat back and I thought, you know what, this is not the way to be managing a desk, let alone taking that same problem-solving mentality home 
to be able to solve simple problems in the house the same way. You know, and frustrations were amplified. They were, I mean, if the littlest thing would occur, then, you know, you just kind of get pee offed at it and, and take care of it from there. Um, and nothing physical or violent or anything, but just attitudinally, it was so destructive. Which can be very frightening to a little kid. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't so much with the kids. It was, you know, it was just me and that attitude with anybody and everybody. And even though I thought at times it was subdued or uh, sort of parked in the back of my mind, you can't help but have it bleed out, and it, it just enters the conversation. It enters the you know, the whole fabric of, of your existence. Just like time. love. Hmm? Just like love. Yeah, exactly. So that's for me, it was a long time for a long time. It was this, this pretend tool to get things done. And then when I woke up and realized this is stupid, I can't be doing this. I mean, this is not the way to treat other people. It's just not the right way to get things done. I took stock of that and really started to change um, from a command way of doing things to solve problems to an enrollment way of doing it. In other words, asking people questions. Hey, what are we, here's what we're up against. How would you solve this problem? What are your ideas around this? And just collect those ideas. And then collectively, we, as a team, then begin to figure out what was best and then play to people's strengths to get things done so that everybody had a part, everybody had a role, and we'd move forward on that basis. So much more rewarding. And it is a form of love. You're doing your job with love at that point. Okay, so think about this before you answer. Because <laughs> uh -oh. I've had a couple of inside experiences. <laughs> so when you come into somebody or you run into someone who's angry, how do you react and respond uh, initially? Now? <laughs> now, <laughs> last week, six months ago. Well, rigorous honesty. So if somebody, you're saying if somebody is angry and I'm towards in their you, at you, whatever. Well, the immediate instinct is to want to challenge them and to just, you know, top their anger with my own. It's so easy to do because I, I played a lot of Smash Mouth sports. Uh, I really, you know, I enjoyed that. Uh, and there's a certain competitiveness that you have when you do that. By the way, you can't see him, but he's got a nice grin on his face because he still enjoys his response until I'm in the car with him. Yeah, so the instinct is to spar a little bit, you know. Um, but now what I do or what I'm trying to do is I take that instinct and I sort of push it back a little bit and observe the individual and why are they angry? Where are they coming from? What's causing this? And don't engage it, but rather try to understand it. And then at that point, come back around and give them some space, hold the space, and let them blow the steam off, and then you can have a conversation. It goes back to that uh, police officer that... Um, oh, God. <laughs> no, so I think my response is probably more of the... 
not norm because uh and it was you know that 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 so we're talking about the um when you used to live in an area where it seemed like it was probably twice a year but it seemed like every weekend in steve's mind that the roads were closed off for a half marathon and uh he had traveled all this week and he had just come back on a friday night i think it was and it was a saturday morning when we drove out of the building and took a ride we could see that cones were on the road so but we couldn't take a left so and then we saw this irate police officer a couple of hundred yards from us and you know i can't lip read but if i was to try to guess what was coming out of his mouth it certainly wasn't sunday morning prayers <laughs> and uh, i was driving actually at the time so i just let the window down nicely and i thought i'd say to myself okay officer what would you like us to do and uh, he you know he was definitely angry and uh, i knew driving down that road is probably not the best thing to do but we wanted to just do a u-turn and go on about our day we had a nice day planned and um you know <laughs> i just looked at steve and i'm like just let let it go let it go let it go and uh you know the officer basically said couldn't you read the signs that have been up all week and i said actually no i said uh we didn't and steve has been out of town all week and the officer didn't care he wasn't listening and um but it was in that moment where i remember thinking to myself this poor officer has probably been standing out here yeah. for hours yeah he was the one that i didn't go get a cup of coffee he didn't like the for. marathon any more than i did no he didn't <laughs> and um he certainly wanted to release his frustration on someone and he found the perfect guy but i was a kind of a band-aid or the go-between and uh <laughs> steve continued talking about for another four or five miles and uh but we you know like we do most topics even if they start out kind of not in agreements we usually end up laughing and i think we did that same time too and just and he did he actually developed a little compassion for him because i always think that compassion is is a beautiful antidote mm. to um any situation if you're angry at someone or someone's late or someone cuts you off i immediately will go into a place um of feeling compassion for them you know even if someone cuts me off i think oh their mother's probably in the hospital the mother could be like six foot under for about 10 years but again thinking from a place of compassion i feel better it's really less about the stranger yeah. even about that police officer we had a great day planned we were going to be doing a photo shoot the last thing i needed was the energy of that police officer in our car when we had planned to have a nice day mm -hmm. and i wasn't planning on bringing him with us <laughs> uh steve took him with us for a couple of miles <laughs> but then we opened up the sunroof and both windows and, and let him out but again and that was again an easy example but you know there are people who feel that all the time everywhere the time. they go yeah. you know about their ex-wives or their ex-husbands or i remember dating a guy and every time he had to write that check he was just ugly mm -hmm. i used to say to him why don't you just write two checks twice a year so you don't get as angry and he could afford to at the time but no nope, he loved his anger but um yeah i don't i uh well, I, saying, I like my freedom a saying it at work you you don't know what people come to work with 
Yeah, you have they, no they idea. Body, mind, and soul. You have no idea what their morning is like. You have no idea what their you, personal lives are no. like. And you have to respect that they're carrying luggage somewhere on their body and their Probably heart. Probably more than Logan Airport this week. <laughs> Definitely yeah. more than Logan Airport this week. So it's, you just never know. And so you have to respect that they're carrying a load. You have no idea. They could be the well, happiest. You know what? You don't have to. If right. you make a decision for yourself, like I did many years ago, was that I was not going to hurt another person from my unhealed hurts. I made a conscious decision when I was about 14, 14 and a half years sober. And I've tried to live up to that. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I'm such a good at two shoes and I grew up Catholic or anything like that. It really has nothing to do with that. But I like to feel good. Mm -hmm. And my thoughts, my reactions is going to determine how I feel. Not your thoughts, not what you do for me or what you don't do for me. It's how I interpret what you do, you don't do. It's always, and this again could be the next um, podcast because it's it's always my reaction and my thoughts to what is that will either put me in a good mood or a bad mood or whatever. Mm. It is, it's always yeah. my response to, my perception is my truth. How I'm responding to this COVID-19, how I choose to turn the TV off in the mm -hmm. middle of the day. And like today, I, I literally sat down in front of the fire and I, I read 15, 20 pages of a, a really cool book that I liked. And um, that's what I need to do. Instead of staying glued in all day, listening to the news mm -hmm. about it over and over again. My heart breaks for the people that have died and are dying i have family in ireland i'm concerned about them every day yeah um you know but at the same time worry which i saw my mom do my whole life worry is again it's another waste of energy just like anger yeah well so let's just sort of close this out by summarizing a bit um how how we diffuse anger um in my case it had to do with some introspection, some self-review, and getting to a point where the things you're angry about uh, really don't reside with anybody else but yourself. And you have to get to the point. Make peace with yourself. Yeah, make peace with yourself mm. and forgive yourself. Until you get to that point, you are never going to be able to move on. It's I just love that, that saying, resentment is like drinking poison and hope the other person dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so true. And in your case, it's compassion. And they're really cousins of one another, forgiveness and compassion. How about compassionate forgiveness? Because you, for, you can forgive to get to one point, but if you don't forgive with compassion, then you're really not at the ultimate level of forgiveness and that really is what we all need to do at some point uh, otherwise you can't move on you're always carrying and another both of kind those of are actually for yourself hmm? both of them are for yourself yeah and and that's the oxygen mask that's pulling it down taking a breath of oxygen so you can be there and helpful for everybody else and to everybody else out there listening to this right now thanks so much for doing that and we're going to continue to bring you these uh, podcasts and hopefully you get something out of them. And uh, we just like talking about these topics because we think that our mission, which is to change people's lives, 
are attached to these topics. And not having the TV on is a real bonus. Stay safe, everybody. Yeah, stay safe. We'll catch you next time. Bye Bye now. Bye-bye.